I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Finding the Floor. Today is episode 88 and I am going to talk about complaining, why we do it, what it can say about us, and maybe what to do about it or how to decrease our complaining. But first, I want to give a little bit of a report about how my April Fool's Day went. I had all these great ideas. And then (laughs) Friday, last Friday was so busy. Like no one was home to play tricks on. Poor Nate was the only one. (laughs) He was like scared all day. But then I was busy. So I did do something in the morning. I woke everybody up and I had this like old man mask on to try to make it funny. My one daughter was like, ah, throwing things at me. (laughs) And then we have these pictures that go down our stairs from the second floor to the first floor. And I used a dry erase marker and doodled on all of those. Like that was just a totally random idea that I had that morning because I was like running out of ideas as everyone was leaving for school. I was going to like clean out the fridge. And then my dad and his new wife came in town as my kids were having their big opening night for their big show. So we ended up doing stuff later. And anyway, (laughs) it ended up just being a really busy day. So I did stuff in the morning. I like doodled on those pictures, made like unibrows or big eyebrows and blackened out teeth, put mustaches and beards on everybody just to like have fun. And I don't know if anyone even noticed. My youngest noticed and she like ended up erasing it. (laughs) Yeah, but then I just had a busy day because my dad was in town And we did a lunch and then I was feeding the cast and I was prepping for that. And then we had my kids in high school were in this musical, Hunchback of Notre Dame. And so, and then I was going to like clear out the fridge and just put everything in our downstairs fridge. But because of all the food that I got, the time I had to clear it out, it was stuffed with food for the cast. (laughs) So, wah, wah, the one thing I forgot to take into account is like, is April Fool's a day you have an opening night and it's a big, super busy day and maybe you won't have any time. <laughs> so if you had fun or did other things, um, way to go. That's awesome. And I might try My daughter has been wanting, my youngest has been wanting to do a few different things. So maybe throughout this month, we'll just do a few couple things like do the Brussels sprouts dipped in chocolate or a couple of the other things that might be fun throughout the month. 
Uh, anyway, a little bit disappointing on my part, but I did do a couple things. <laughs> okay, let's begin this topic of complaining. I think I've had an issue lately and I th- I've been thinking about this because seriously over the past two years with the start of the pandemic, it's really been almost two years since like everything shut down and it's just easy to complain about all these things that have happened, right? And what has been interesting is when I plan my topics, I have like a planning meeting with myself at the beginning of the week and I usually have about a month's worth of podcast topics scheduled. And then when I plan the next week, I just, I keep adding. So I always have about four weeks of topics that I kind of have my mind thinking about for the next few weeks, or I have a book I'm reading or stuff that I'm getting ready for the next few weeks. And I was going to be doing this book, but it's been taking me a little bit longer to read. And so I just was like, oh my gosh, I need to think about complaining because I was thinking about it when we were at my husband's grandma's funeral. The funeral itself was really great and so awesome. Like I wasn't complaining about that. But what was so funny and I just was like curious about myself and about all of us, we were driving in the funeral procession to the cemetery And I noticed we were just like kind of complaining the whole way. (laughs) I mean, we were talking about the funeral and all the good stuff, but then it was a really, really long ride. I think it ended up being like 40 minutes. And we had this really long procession and we were near the end. And sometimes we'd get like stuck at the intersection and be afraid we were going to get hit by a car because there wasn't like a funeral patrol guy in the intersection is waiting for everyone to go in. It was just like, we're all in this procession and you were able to go through the lights, but good luck. (laughs) And so I noticed that like I was complaining and it wasn't like overly bad, but you know, we're just complaining about, oh my gosh, how many cemeteries are we going to pass before we get to this cemetery? Because I didn't even know where we were going and just seemed like a really long drive just to get there. So I thought about, okay, let's just, I just want to find out more. Why do we complain? And like, what does that say about us? And then like, how can we maybe decrease our complaining? And then what was really interesting, because this is what our brain does, I've found out, and I think all of us realize it, is when we have a topic that we're thinking about, we just start noticing it everywhere. But I found it fascinating that this morning in my scripture study, it was literally about the Israelites and Moses and how they were murmuring about things. And I was supposed to, you know, contemplate and write down like, how did the Israelites respond? And how does Moses respond? And the difference between the two and why were they murmuring and it just was interesting the Israelites murmur or complain because they don't really know how to solve the problem and they look to Moses and what does Moses do he just prays prays to the Lord so my first point is 
maybe to remember as we're thinking about hard things that are happening because we've been through all these hard things and then there's so many other things happening right now that I feel like I just want to complain about. Maybe we just need to pray (laughs) to begin with. So I decided to look into the reasons why. Like literally, why do we complain? What's going on when we usually complain? And I have one theory that I thought of myself. And then I just read a bunch of different articles with ideas. But so if you think about the funeral procession that I was in, and I was kind of complaining about, wow, this is really taking a long time. And we're going to get hit by a car because we're, there's so many cars and all there's not someone watching out for the very end of anyway all these things I was complaining about or I can think about things that I want to complain about right now is like the gas prices or all the things that happening in the world with Ukraine and Russia and all these things and it just seems like a lot of times when we complain usually the things we're complaining about are out of our control There's this feeling of like a lack of control and maybe somehow if we complain, I don't know what that will do. So I think it's just like a little bit of venting because we feel like there's nothing else we can do. Like I can't fix gas prices and I can't change what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. And I, at the time in the funeral procession, I... I guess I could have just left or driven away, but I couldn't really change that. So I think there's just this like feeling of lack of control and not really sure how to like handle that. So there's a venting that happens. So for instance, I don't usually complain about the food we eat for dinner because I'm the one that one is usually making the food and two has decided what we're going to eat although I get input from my kids. My kids might complain or my husband might complain um, about the food because they're not really in control of what's happening. So I notice like when I'm involved in it, even when I'm involved in a committee or organizing an event and I know all the ins and outs of what's going on, I usually don't complain as much um, about the event because I'm involved and I see what's happening And it's easier to complain when you're looking kind of from the outside in and you don't really know all the things that went into going to the event or planning it or how it all works. So there is a sense of like a lack of control. I think that's one of the reasons we complain and there's a feeling of a need to to vent. Okay, so that's my theory. And luckily, I... There was this great article from verywellmind.com and it was just like, sometimes we need to vent. Hey, I was right. We just sometimes need to vent because of that feeling of lack of control. Sometimes we complain because when we complain, we get validated and that feels good. Okay, this article, um, Hidden Benefits and Pitfalls of Complaining by Elizabeth Scott, PhD from Very Well Mind. So she mentions like, People often complain as a way to ask for help. So it's almost like I'm complaining, but maybe I'm trying to get some perspective or ask for help from 
someone else. And that was the other point is just that we may need some perspective while we're complaining. So we need to ask for help or we need to gain perspective. The other thing is that sometimes we're complaining, we may need to get some motivation. So maybe we're complaining to get motivation for somebody or we're complaining and we hear ourselves complain and it sounds ridiculous and then we keep going or something like that. And then the last thing is that complaining can get things done. So sometimes we complain and actually can be productive with that. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. The one thing that I remember from my gratitude episode, I think that was episode 20, it was this idea that our brains have a negative bias. And that is just what our brains are kind of used to like honing in on. Um, which is why it's good to have gratitude so that we can change that a little bit or balance it out, but that our brains are going to notice the things that are going wrong. And then we complain about that. And the last reason, which I think is really also telling, is that you can say it as like ego reinforcement or pride. Like we tend to think or complain about something because we tend to think we could have done it better. I think there's this this idea that somehow they're doing it wrong in some way, whatever we're complaining about. Okay, so those are a lot of the whys, all right? Now, I thought it was interesting that also just this past week, it was last week, I get these emails from... Gary Chapman every once in a while, the guy who wrote the Love Languages book. And again, here I am thinking about complaining and I get this email. And I'm just going to read this whole email because I thought it was really good. It said, did you know that what you complain about out loud or in your head can be very telling about your primary love language? Our complaints reveal what matters most to us. If you complain that your friends or family don't have time for you during football season, then your love language is likely quality time. If you grumble that all your friends forgot your birthday because only one gave you a gift, then your language is likely receiving gifts. If you complain that your spouse is always buying you gifts but rarely hugs or embraces you, then we can theorize that receiving gifts is their language and physical touch is yours. Our complaints reveal our deep emotional hurts. The opposite of what hurts you most is probably your love language. What do those closest to you do or say or fail to do or say that hurt you deeply? If, for example, the critical judgmental words of your loved ones cause you the deepest pain, then your primary love language may be words of affirmation. Wounds in your native tongue really sting. If you were to receive love in that language, then the hurt would lessen and you would feel appreciated and loved. So if you haven't done so, start paying attention to your own complaints, as well as the complaints of others. By doing so, you may gain some interesting insights for giving and receiving love. Ah, here I get this email and it kind of says, sometimes our complaints reveal what matters most to us. So be curious about things that you're complaining about and maybe you could even think about what is that saying about you and how you feel you're being 
neglected or not loved in a certain way. And I don't know how that all relates to, like, I think all the things that are happening outside of us right now in the world. But anyway, when you complain about things going on within your family or how they're being treated, kind of be aware of that and how that looks. And maybe you can find a way to solve that in a productive way. Okay, so complaining, as I was also reading, obviously is good to a certain point. Like we can't really just hold all of our emotions in, but it does get to be detrimental to our mental health if it just becomes so frequent and regular. And here's some reasons it can become really detrimental, okay? First of all, it keeps us focused on the problem, not the solution. And it can start to develop this habit, which becomes like we build this pessimistic outlook on life. The other thing it can do is just driving more anger in you. I've noticed that like I've stopped listening to the news as much because it just is so frustrating. There's so many things going on that I don't have any control over. There are things that I've tried to do. We had a little, my neighbor through this drive for the Ukrainians to to send um, supplies over there. And so I ended up donating to that. And there's some things that I can do to be helpful. And then there are just some things that I'm not and I just don't want to kind of build that anger or add more fuel to things that I want to complain about. The other thing is that we can start building like groups of people that we hang out with and we just all complain all the time. And that he calls the negative groups. Um, That is not really good. And it's also draining on others when you're constantly complaining. And I know we've all known people that were just like, oh my gosh, there's only so much time I can spend with this person because I just feel totally drained because she's just always complaining. So many things to complain about. And there probably are. But as we complain, one article said that the more frequently you complain, you increase your likelihood of thinking negative thoughts later. In neuroscience, the phrase synapses that fire together, wire together is used to explain this concept. I also like thinking about it, the idea I got from the book Expectation Hangover by Christine Hassler, and I reviewed that book in episode 27. What I loved about her idea, she's like, imagine your brain like a house in the middle of a really, really big overgrown grassy field like there's no way to get to it and so you have to make these paths to your brain and those paths are all these thoughts and your synapses are firing to your brain and the more you use a similar thought the path gets more and more worn so it's easy for you or your brain to think that thought because that's just a frequent thing you do so if you think about these worn paths up to the house, like your brain, you just have these automatic, almost like thoughts that you just go to or you are ready to complain because that's just like a well-worn path in your brain. Really to begin, like what do we do about decreasing our complaining? And I know 
for one thing, like when my husband first got his calling as a member of the stake presidency back in 2009, I just found out a few weeks later that I was expecting Millie, who is now 12. So 12 years ago. And I just remember complaining a lot throughout. He served for nine years in that calling. I complained a lot. And I honestly don't think that really helped me. And when he got called as a stake president, that's one thing I kind of called myself out on and was like, you know, I really have been like what I called layman and lemmil, or I've been like those Israelites murmuring about all the things that are hard. And it hasn't really helped. And I made this promise as my husband was serving now that I would try my best to be more supportive, try to complain less, and be strong for him so he wouldn't have to worry about my mental state all the time. And I have noticed a difference as I have tried to decrease my complaining. However, I feel like these past two years, it's been easy to complain about other things. So I may not be complaining about his calling and his service in the church, but it's just been so easy to complain and commiserate with everybody about all the things that happened with the pandemic, masks, vaccines, how the schools and communities are handling what they're doing, online school, getting together, all the things. Everyone has their own idea and you want to get with someone and just complain and complain and complain and how it does feel good. But I think it's just we've all created this super negative like super field or like I just feel like there's a lot of negativity out there in the world because of all the complaining we have done as individuals and communities as we've been going through these past two years. Okay, so now, again, what do we do? First, I think is just to be aware of what you're complaining about and maybe just make a note. Okay, why am I complaining about that? Is there anything I can do honestly about this? If not, maybe I should just stop complaining about it. Like for instance, the gas prices. Oh, sometimes getting gas, it's like I just got gas last night. And it's a lot. And I remember it being a lot, I don't know, like 2008. And I just remember we made it through then. And I'm just going to pray that we'll make it through now. And we'll do our best to either travel less or combine trips so that we can make the most of the money we have and the gas we have to pay for. So I think that this example that I mentioned at the beginning of Moses turning to the Lord, maybe we begin there in that I'm going to turn to the Lord to make sure I'm finding solutions in a productive way rather than just complaining about all of the things that are happening. Okay, so that's one of my suggestions is this awareness and kind of turning to prayer to also find comfort and to be pointed to solutions. 
And to maybe have some, if you notice regular things that you complain about, find ways you can turn that into like, okay, gas prices are like super high right now. They've been high before and we made it through somehow and we'll make it through again. And then you're not so annoyed. (laughs) And I think that just your mental health, oh, so important. Okay, so a couple, this article, um... I think it was that same one by Very Well Mind, suggested, okay, how do you decrease complaining or to work on complaining less frequently? So she said, instead of like complaining out loud, sometimes journaling is helpful. So writing stuff down, I know Jody Moore calls it like thought downloads. If there are things that are really bothering you, write them down. And sometimes They look ridiculous on paper and sometimes they look normal. Sometimes you look and say, well, what are things that I can actually do and what are things that I can't? And that's one of the other things is as you are thinking about things that you're complaining about, if there are ways you can solve the problem, like take action. I loved this because I'm still doing my gratitude every day and it says, count your blessings every day. That can help, again, with your negativity bias and your tendency, how it can be so easy to complain. Make sure you're taking the time to think about things that you're grateful for each day or people you're grateful for. And then one of the other ideas is seek support from people that you can trust if they're like big stresses that you feel like you're feeling overwhelmed about. Maybe you have a few people that you can get support, but instead of complaining with them, maybe you just take an opportunity to just not think about that stuff, laugh a little bit. I know sometimes my husband or son will post these funny memes or every day my son, Simeon will always just find funny things to show us. And just sometimes laughing is really, really helpful. Two more things, cultivating optimism Again, like replacing those thoughts with a positive one or, a, you know, the, like with the gas instead of like, oh my gosh, ugh, I can't believe gas prices is so crazy. Or you can think of like, we've made it through before, we'll make it through again. We'll be okay. And then I really loved, I was like looking for talks. Like sometimes I go to BYU speeches to find some talks by some of the leaders of our church or, you know, general conference, which you just had. But I really loved this talk given by President Hinckley, who was the president of our church from 1995 to 2008, when I was a young adult and into like part of my married life. So a significant part of my life, I remember President Hinckley, not to mention his son lived next to my parents. So he just had a really big impact on my life. And He said in this particular talk, so he was talking to BYU students and had this great point of when they feel like complaining. So he said, if the pressures of school are too heavy, if you complain about your housing and the food you eat, I can suggest a cure for your problems. Lay your books aside for a few hours, leave your room, and go visit someone who is old and lonely. There are many such right in this valley, or visit those who are sick and discouraged. There are hundreds of that kind here, including not a few on this campus who need the kind of encouragement you could give. Okay, 
So I think that is so true is like when you feel like complaining about things, stop thinking about yourself and find a way to serve somebody else. I also love this quote, which was by President Hinckley, but in, it was in another talk. And it said, we have every reason to be optimistic in this world. Tragedy is around, yes. Problems everywhere, yes. But you can't. You don't build out of pessimism or cynicism. You look with optimism, work with faith, and things happen. So I just love that idea that, you know, it's with complaining that can develop this pessimistic attitude. And really, we don't build and find solutions out of pessimism and cynicism. Then, okay, I came across this other really great story that I'm going to share. Okay, this was another talk given to BYU students by Peggy S. Worthen, but she told the story of a gentleman named Harvey McKay. All right, so this is kind of long and I'm going to read the whole thing, but I think it's really good. Okay, the story told of a gentleman named Harvey McKay who was waiting in line for a ride at the airport. When a cab pulled up, the first thing Harvey noticed was that the taxi was polished to a bright shine. Smartly dressed in a white shirt, black tie, and freshly pressed black slacks, the cab driver jumped out and rounded the car to open the back passenger door for Harvey. He handed Harvey a laminated card and said, I'm Wally, your driver. While I'm loading your bags in the trunk, I'd like you to read my mission statement. Taken aback, Harvey read the card. It said, Wally's mission statement. To get my customers to their destination in the quickest, safest, and cheapest way possible in a friendly environment. This blew Harvey away, especially when he noticed that the inside of the cab matched the outside, spotlessly clean. As he slid behind the wheel, Wally asked Harvey, Harvey if he would like something to drink. Wally had a variety of beverages to choose from. Harvey was quite surprised by the offer and the variety and chose a soft drink. Handing him the drink, Wally said, If you'd like something to read, I have the Wall Street Journal, Times, Sports Illustrated, and USA Today. As they were pulling away, Wally handed Harvey another laminated card. These are the stations I get and the music they play if you'd like to listen to the radio. And as if that weren't enough, Wally told Harvey that he had the air conditioning on and asked if the temperature was comfortable for him. Then he advised Harvey of the best route to his destination for that time of day. He also let him know that he'd be happy to chat and tell him about some of the sights or if Harvey preferred to leave him with his own thoughts. Tell me, Wally, Harvey asked the driver, have you always served customers like this? Wally smiled into the rear view mirror. No, not always. In fact, it's only been in the last two years. My first five years driving, I spent most of my time complaining like all the rest of the cabbies do. Then I heard a personal growth expert on the radio one day. The expert said that if you get up in the morning expecting to have a bad day, you'll rarely disappoint yourself. The expert said, stop complaining, distinguish yourself from your competition. Then it hit me right between the eyes, said Wally. The expert was really talking about me. I was always complaining. So I decided to change my attitude and think about my job in a different way. Not just as a cab driver, but as someone whose role, as the mission statement says, is to get my customers to the destination in the quickest, safest, and cheapest way possible in a friendly environment. I looked around at the other cabs and their drivers. The cabs were dirty, the drivers were unfriendly, and the customers were unhappy. So I decided to make some changes. I put in a few at a time. When my customers responded well, I did more. Wally proceeded to tell Harvey that since he had made these changes, his business has prospered. 
Wally was able to recognize that he needed to change his attitude and he chose to do something about it. By implementing a plan and making incremental changes, he was able to make significant improvements in his life and work, and he made life more pleasant for himself and his customers. I love that story because it shows how it really is this willingness to shift your attitude because there's always going to be things to complain about. And I love the last sentence, and he made life more pleasant for himself and his customers. I've always had this theory that if you're busy doing good things, then you find less to complain about. So go about doing good things. Another quote I found that I really liked, um, it was in one of the articles. It said, perhaps the words attributed to 8th century Buddhist scholar and monk Shantideva or Shantideva would serve as good counsel. If something can be changed, work to change it. If it cannot, why worry, be upset and complain. Now, there is a time when I feel like you can be productive with your complaining. But that is when you're trying to work to find a solution. And sometimes I feel like when you complain and go in to talk to someone and berate them, that's not really productive. But when you're really trying to find a solution, that can be helpful. I have a neighbor who tends to complain, but she does it in a productive way. Like she'll call the city and complain about if like the leaves didn't get picked up or she'll call about the snow removal. Or she'll send an email to the neighborhood talking, you know, asking people to do this or if she's worried about something. So she just doesn't complain to complain. She's trying to solve a problem. And she's also been so good during these past two years when we haven't, especially the first like six months and years, she tried to do things that we could do as a a neighborhood um, to get us out, but also to to like hang out in a safe manner. She created this like, it was called this horse derby and it was on our street where she made like different lanes and they were spaced out and we were sitting as family. So we weren't like really close to everybody and you could bet on a horse. And so there were little kids in each lane and they would like throw uh, this big die and it would roll a number and then they would move that amount um like one would roll the different so there were like numbered lanes and then so you'd roll who would move and then how many so anyway it was fun and she tried to also she did a egg hunt the past two years normally we do it together as a neighborhood but she was so great she went around and had these bigger eggs that she just hid in everyone's yard who wanted to participate so if there are things that you're that you're complaining about or don't want to have happen, maybe you can find solutions. I know there have been times where I have been upset about maybe something that's happening at the school or um, in the city, and I have tried to do something about it, whether it be write a letter, make a phone call, or come to a city council meeting. Those are times where you're trying to find a solution. I know that we all complain And that it can be easy. And I think especially the past two years, it's been so easy to just complain about everything that's happening. But I think that it's really better for us to try to find ways that we just either don't complain or that we're maybe aware of what that complaining 
is what are we not contented with? Or, and if there are things we can change, then we need to work on finding solutions. Yeah, I just think that we need to get rid of all the pessimism that is happening. So if you feel like complaining, maybe just do it in your journal instead of writing a post online. Or if you want to vent, find some people to vent with, but then laugh about it later. Or maybe search for someone who might have a little bit of a bigger perspective and to give you a little bit of advice. And I think most of all, well, two important things. Remember that if you feel like you're not sure what to do and you want to complain, go to prayer, pray to God to find a solution to help him point you to a solution and go and serve somebody because that I think always helps you find perspective. Okay, you guys, always so fun to do these podcasts. And I'm so, again, always grateful for you listening. If you want to leave a review or if you haven't done that, do that or sign up for my little newsletter. But as always, you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening. 